let's continue to that second parable, part two of this three-part, of this trilogy of parables. It's the parable of the lost coin. Let's pick back up at verse 8. It says, Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Are you seeing the themes yet? Something was lost. Something was found. And in both instances, what was the response? Incredible rejoicing. Incredible rejoicing. There was, there's, a, the, there's a response here that is, it's exciting when something that was once lost, when it's found, So key point number two for us this morning is this, that the parable of the lost coin points us to the Holy Spirit who illuminates truth. So the first one in this three-part trilogy, and you're probably jumping ahead uh, of me here, if the first one points to Jesus and the second one points to the Holy Spirit, where do you think the third one is going to point us to? It's probably going to point us to God the Father, right? Well, we're going to get there. But the parable of the lost coin points us to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit does what? Illuminates truth. There's an insurance company some years ago that did some research on lost items. Uh, They did research and followed 3,000 people. And they discovered that uh, men, this is painful to say this, men are more likely to lose items than women. I don't know what we do with that information. They just said it, you know. Uh, I, I get it, maybe, because, uh, you know, when I think about Cheryl, she has a place for everything, uh, you know. And I'm the one that's like, where did I put my car keys? Well, if you would hang them up, right? I'm giving you a little insight into the Dorch family household, right? If you would put them where they belong, then you wouldn't be looking for the keys, right? This is not a recent argument or anything like that. However, here's what they discovered that most over 40% of those that they followed had some type of argument with their spouse over a lost item. Uh, So it happens over and over and over. But this research uh, company discovered this as well. We spend, on average, 10 minutes every single day looking for something that has been misplaced. Every day, 10 minutes every single day looking for a misplaced item. So consider this. Over the course of 60 years of adulthood, we will have spent 3,680 hours or the equivalent of 153 days looking for something that we've lost. That's a lot of time. A lot of time. I personally think that that number would probably double if it included looking for your spouse when they're in a store. (laughs) I I could not tell you how, how much time. I mean... I, I couldn't tell you how many times I've been in a store and Cheryl's shopping and I, I spend most of my time looking for her. That's what I look for. I'm trying to figure out where she's at. Thank goodness for cell phones now uh, because that reduces that time uh, significantly. But anyway, they, the same company, they listed the top five most lost items. Any, any guesses on the top one and two? Phone and what? Keys? Number one is your phone. Number one is phone. We didn't have that problem when I was growing up because it was attached to the kitchen wall. (laughs) We may have had a really long cord attached to it, but 
No, we never, we never lost the phone. You know, it was always in the kitchen. It was either yellow or green and in the kitchen, right? How many of you have, remember the yellow, green kitchen? Yeah, yeah. All right, so, but today, top five, smartphone, number one. Number two, keys. Number two is keys. Number three, paperwork. Paperwork, lost some paperwork. Could be maybe an envelope with something important in it, whatever it might be, paperwork. Number four, glasses or sunglasses. That was number four. Have you ever been, can't find my glasses? Oh, found them. You know, I've done that a number of times. My nickname for Cheryl is Velma. Uh, Well, Scooby-Doo fans get that one because Velma was always the one that was like, you know, my glasses, my glasses, I can't find my glasses. I can't see. And that's Cheryl. Uh, And they're like right next to her. And that was something else that the company discovered is most lost items can be found within 18 inches of where you're searching, where you, where you last, where you're, where you're thinking about, where did I last see this? It's usually found within 18 inches. And then number five on the list, by the way, is a purse or a wallet. So those are the top ones. So here, let's back, up, back all of that up. Who are we in this passage? Or more specifically, let's consider this woman. Who is this woman? What is, what is her role? Let's look back at verse 8. It says, or what woman having 10 silver coins, that's significant. The number there is significant because it'll give us insight into specifically why this was so important to her. If she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. It's, sometimes it might be a little bit odd. You're going like, it's just a coin, right? You know, and maybe maybe the coin had some significant value. Maybe the coin was it. I mean, after all, it's a piece of silver. So maybe it was just that she was she was concerned that she lost, you know, a, a tenth of of her val- of the value of this of these ten coins. What, what is the significance here? Well, here's what we have to recognize: there is a relationship in every single instance. There is a relationship between the lost item and the person who is searching. In all three stories, there is a relationship between the lost item and the person who is searching. For example, you have the shepherd who is doing what? Who is, has a relationship with the sheep. It's, there's a, there's a, a concern there because there's an investment as the sheep. It's the shepherd and the sheep. That's a strong relationship. If we're going to see here in a minute with the prodigal son, we have the father and the son. There's a relationship between what was lost and the one who's searching. There's nothing different here. There's something significant about the relationship here. It's not just monetary value. There's something about it that is significant to her. Some of you in your footnotes of your Bibles, it may actually help you a little bit with, the, with understanding uh, the significance of what this particular, what were the ten coins about? Behind me on the uh, on the backdrop, you may see a little box, and inside of it, you see ten coins. If you want to see what that looks like uh, after the service, you're welcome to come and look and see what 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 do ten silver coins? What did they look like in first century? Uh, what would that have looked like? Well, I've got some replicas up here for you to uh, to kind of get a visual of what that looked like. But what is it? What are what is the significance here? The significance here is that these 10 pieces went together. Why? Because these 10 pieces were likely attached to a piece of jewelry. It was very common at the time for uh, a woman to receive from her 
um, her betrothed to receive a gift, a, a dowry, if you will. And sometimes it would, be, it, it would be the equivalent of a modern-day wedding ring. So she would have received some type of necklace or a headdress. If you've ever seen a, a headdress that has like dangling coins, you know, maybe first century you've seen some old pictures of, or maybe not photographs, but you know, kind of seen some idea of what that would have looked like uh, with having uh, some, some coins hanging as a necklace or as a he- headdress. Well, that's the idea here. She's lost a portion of her wedding jewelry. That's a pretty important aspect to her. She, she's not going to stop looking for it. Suddenly it becomes more than just a piece of silver, right? Suddenly it becomes, yeah, sure that has some monetary value, but now its value has gone up exponentially because there is a relationship between the one that's searching for it and the object itself because it has a personal value that goes beyond its monetary value. And that's the significance for us here. When we see this relationship between the two and we recognize that this woman who is searching for this has lost, lost an important part of her jewelry, she is not going to stop until she finds it. It's greater than monetary value. It has personal value. The second thing that we should notice is how she searches for the lost coin. It says, or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not, here's how she does it, light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. What does she, she, she does two things there, right? She's lighting a lamp, and she's sweeping the house and searching diligently. These are roles that are associated with the Holy Spirit. These are things that the Holy Spirit does. Let me give you a couple of examples. The Holy Spirit does what? The Holy Spirit illuminates truth. So the Holy Spirit has a role to illuminate in truth. In John chapter 16, verse 13, it says, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit illuminates, gives us the ability to see things uh, that we once did not see quite as clear. And then the Holy Spirit not only illuminates truth, the Holy Spirit illuminates Scripture. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So the Holy Spirit has this role of illumination. And we cannot understand spiritual matters without the aid of the Holy Spirit. So keeping in the context of seeking that which was lost... We should see the woman with the ten coins as the bride of Christ who has what? Has the Holy Spirit who aids in the search, who illuminates in the, in the searching and lighting up the house and in search of it and sweeping the house as we search carefully until she finds it. So what is our role? As a church, we should always be spirit-led and never stop searching for what was lost. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we as a church have been invited to join Jesus in the search for what was lost.